You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name. Joining me as always will be my good friend Frank Madden. We have the third and final portion of our mailbag coming up here in just a little while. Uh, but the Bucks actually play basketball today, which is a nice thing to say. That is not something that, uh, I mean, I'm kind of fiending for some basketball right now, so it is good that the Bucks will be back. The Bucks will actually play basketball. We will have basketball to talk about on here um, instead of just thinking about the future and larger issues. And we'll actually have some basketball to break down. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, looking at that game tonight, the Toronto Raptors are 41 and 16 on the season. They are currently the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. This is just a flat-out good basketball team. Offensive rating, fourth in the league. Defensive rating, third in the league. And those numbers are from basketball reference. But this is a team that can flat-out score the ball and keep you from scoring the ball. Uh, The Bucs know this team well. Obviously, they had them in the playoffs last year. Uh, But at the same time, this is really, to me, a team that isn't anything like the team that they were last year. They, They went out of their way to make themselves look like a very different basketball team and they made sure that they were going to shoot more threes more corner threes and make sure uh, that they limited some of the mid-range shots so this is just to me a team that's that's totally different this year and it's going to be uh it's going to be a good test like this is an elite basketball team this isn't a team this isn't a measuring stick game uh with someone that's close to you this is a measuring stick game with someone that is better than you the Raptors are better than the Bucks right now, uh, and the Bucks will have to figure out exactly what type of team that they want to be going forward because they've lost to this Raptors team twice already this year. They lost the first time, uh, 131-127 in overtime, uh, and that was a game that first of the year, that was January 1st in Toronto. So the Bucks will be in Toronto here on Friday night, but that was in Toronto, 131-127. DeMar DeRozan goes off for 52 points. Uh, he just crushed the Bucks. Lowry had 26 points as well, and DeRozan had eight assists to go along with those 52 points. And uh, it was those two guys getting loose. Obviously, we've, we've talked about the Raptors and their depth in the past, but those guys just kind of going off is really what kept the Bucks from winning that game. They had some chances and just weren't able to pull it out. So we'll see what this Bucks team can do against them. They played the Raptors a second time, and it was only a couple days later. Uh, they played them in Toronto on the first. They played them in Milwaukee on the fifth. And the second time around, it was 
worse, <laughs> much worse. They lose 129-110. You may remember a 43-19 third quarter from the Raptors. And it was just one of those games where the Bucks could not contain a big man. And it was Jonas Valanciunas in that one for the Raptors. Uh, he ends the night with 20 points and 13 rebounds. And Almost all of them came in the third quarter. That that 43 to 19 third quarter, they just couldn't stop him. They couldn't do anything against him. And he just straight up took it to the Bucks. They they did not have an answer. And uh again, I don't know if you can lose in, in kind of two more different ways. Uh, the first time against the Raptors, DeRozan goes off. The next time, it's Valanciunas that's going off. Uh, he only played 17 minutes on the night and had 20 points and 13 rebounds. So that, I think those point to two things that the Bucks have struggled with in the past. Obviously, DeRozan's had some great games against them, and obviously they've struggled to contain big men. So we'll see what they can do this time around with the new-look Raptors. Obviously, the three-point line is a concern. So all of kind of, I guess all of the concerns you have about this Bucks team uh, for – or you've had about this Bucks team for the last two years, three years, whatever it may be, three-point shooting, an opposing big man, and kind of individual big-time scorers going off. Like, all of those things are in play. Uh, so this is one of those games where I, I think Bucks fans will likely prepare themselves. You'll likely prepare yourself to be disappointed. This is a, a game where all of those things could come into play. So we'll see if that ends up being the case, but uh, certainly a scary game for the Bucks. there. That is not their only game of the weekend. They will also play the New Orleans Pelicans on Sunday. That one is at home. The Pelicans are a little bit more difficult to get a read on, obviously, because of the Boogie Cousins injury. Uh, so I, I don't think you know them quite as well as you might like uh, just because they are still to me I think trying to figure out exactly who they are they they lost three straight after the all-star or before the all-star break and then won three straight before the all-star break so uh, I, I don't know if anyone really has a good read on them uh, the teams that they ended up beating before the all-star break were bad teams uh, they put 139 on the Lakers uh, they had a 118-103 victory over the Pistons. They had a 138-128 lead, or a win over the Brooklyn Nets. And then before that, they had lost to Philadelphia, they lost to Utah, and they had lost to Minnesota. So um, kind of some ups and downs there. Uh, the way it, you'll remember from the game earlier this year against the Pelicans, that this is a team that likes to score. Uh, so we'll see if the Bucks defense can step up and, and make plays and get the stops that it needs. Uh, as I talked about multiple times before the break, the Bucks are going to get tested here. Uh, anything you are curious about uh, being a new trend, anything you're curious about being an actual change with Joe Prunty, you're going to find out a whole lot about any of those ideas here in the, the first eight games after the All-Star break. Uh, almost all exclusively playoff teams outside of the Detroit Pistons who obviously have traded for Blake Griffin and are trying to make a run at a playoff spot as well but the rest are all playoff teams so the, the, you're going to learn a lot about this Bucks team and that gets started this weekend with the Raptors tonight and the Pelicans on Sunday we will talk to you again after that game on Sunday uh, we will kind of do a weekend recap and, and get you ready to go and you'll have that on Monday 
With all of that being said, it is time to finish up this mailbag. Uh, we will wrap it up at the end, and that will be it for us on Lockdown Bucks. So I'm happy to end this filibuster at this moment and get to Frank Madden. And Frank can give us our very next question and help us wrap up our mailbag. Corey Ninko asks, considering that no other centers were moved for cheap at the deadline and that Zeller is very cheap and non-guaranteed next year, are you content with that trade? Hmm. Content's a good word to use um, because that that would keep expectations very low and that would not make me want to say, oh, they won or lost a trade or be very um, emotional in my reaction. So I don't love giving up second rounders. Um the Bucks, though, don't really have a, a ton of roster spots here, which, they I mean, that's a, a, a hell that they put themselves in with some of their dealings in the last few years. Um, but, I mean, I, I don't like it, but ultimately I, I, I think I can kind of understand it. Like, Thon has been bad this year, and you needed someone to play backup center. John Henson um, at most is going to play... 28 minutes a game like that and even that's more than he's been playing this year um i think that his career high is 26 and a half minutes per game so you need some more minutes at the center position and you need them to be effective and thon was not providing that so i get bringing in zeller to maybe try to squeeze out a, another win or two from the season make yourself more formidable in the playoffs so i think i i get it i don't know that i'm content with it but meh Yeah, I think it's, I mean, I think the returns have been better than I expected. You know, I think Zeller's done a really nice job for what he is. Um, And again, there is also value in having the option of him at a non-guaranteed number less than two million next year. Um, I think that gives you maybe a little more flexibility. I mean, if there was some scenario where you could trade John Henson and get off of his salary, and again, I'm not sure what that scenario is. um, But there is a scenario where you could actually trade, you know, Henson and not get a center back. And you wouldn't, you know, I think you could talk yourself into Zeller and Thon being at least a starting point. You'd want to add another guy, but um, you wouldn't feel like you need to go and add another $10 million player, let's say. Um, you could, you know, basically say, all right, you know what? Like, center's not a strong point for us. We're just going to have a really dirt cheap. We're not going to pay like it is either, right? Because that's the problem with Henson is, you know, again, he's he's done a good job for what he is, but he's also paid like a guy who should do a pretty good job. Um, so I, I think... It is the returns have been better. Um, again, the timing also was good just because Henson got hurt like immediately um, when this trade was made. So um, it'll be interesting to see, I think, more when Henson is back. Hopefully that is this week. Um, because to be honest, I mean, again, I, this is the thing I struggle with. I, I probably, if I had to do it all over again, I probably wouldn't wouldn't have made the trade. Um, again, I, I, you know, as long as watching Zeller play well with Giannis and Bledsoe makes me feel a lot better about it. Um, cause you know, I love me guys who can get Giannis assists. Um, <laughs> but, um, but I, again, I think it's, it's just, you know, it's just, it's philosophically, it's just one of those things you give up future, even, even, you know, distant future second round picks. It's just one less thing you can work with. Um, and again, there are also, you know, could you have gotten in on Brandon, Wright? You know, um, Andrew Bogut's still floating around, right? Like there, there were other options in theory that you could have. I would say well. no on Brandon Ryan. Yeah, probably not. But uh, again, I mean, the Bucks could have offered him a decent chunk of money, given um, they are, you know, four yeah. million or so under the the tax. Now they would have had to eat 
um, they probably would. I mean, part of that would have been eaten up by having to waive somebody, you know, because yep. part of the upside of of trading for Zeller was then you got off the the couple million bucks that you owed Rashad Vaughn. Um, so anyway, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's. Let's just say this: I'm happy that Tyler Zeller has thus far played well because that obviously, you know, if you're going to give up anything for him, you want to get something out of it. And um, you know, right now. I would play him as your backup center on Friday, right? I mean, again, I'm always torn with Thon. I want to give Thon some chance. I want to see what you have with him. But, um, I, I mean, would you play Thon on Friday if, if you've got Henson back healthy? Is Thon in your rotation, or is it just Zeller and Henson? I think it goes the way I had mentioned during the trade originally before Henson got hurt. You both get first-half run, and Thon, if you play well, you get second-half run. And if you don't play well, Thon, well, we, we got a guy he'll take care of it and you can try again tomorrow or whenever the next game is. I I think those, I, I just think there's enough value to those developmental reps that you have to keep giving Thon a try because this isn't the ultimately the season you're trying to, uh, I mean, you're not trying to win a championship this year. You are trying to win games. Don't get me wrong, but it's not, I mean, this isn't, you, you're not trying to win the, you're not trying to take home the Larry O'Brien trophy this year. So uh, I would say that would be the way I would play it. And maybe that means Thon gets phased out. Maybe that puts a little bit of pressure on him. Um, but I think that'd be the way I'd go. On that topic, uh, and, and we should notice as well, um, Thon always seems to play better against the Raptors. Um, going to Toronto is a bit of a homecoming, obviously, for him, given he played uh, his high school ball, the end of his high school career there. So maybe you have to play him against the Raptors, even though they're the best team uh, you're going to face for a while. Um, if it was Jay Kidd, it would be, what, a 30-minute night for him? Yeah, exactly. Brian, on the top, one last topic, question on Thon. Um, Brian Owens asked, do they ever accept the fact that he won't be good anytime in the future and trade Thon in the offseason? Can they get any value back for him? To me, getting value back for him would require that he have like he flashed something in the playoffs yep. like he did last year where like you give people something to sort of extrapolate off of and say like, oh, OK, yeah, like Thon can be uh, eventually an impact defender because he's going to be able to track guys and pick and roll or whatever. Like if he's sort of just super inconsistent getting lost defensively and everybody's watching and everybody gets reminded like, yeah, he didn't get any better this year and was actually statistically worse this year, then I don't think there's going to be really well, much of a market for him, to be honest. Um, but I think a lot of it, some, you know, a lot of it is, you know, can he show some sustained flashes? Let's say I was going to say, I think we've already reached the point where that value is gone. It probably peaked at the, during after the play after the playoff series last year during last off season, and if he does show a flash of something like that, don't I almost want to stick with it? Like yeah, I, that's I, the I, because he is so uniquely well suited for Giannis and this Bucks team. Like the just the things that he could do with stretching the floor and being able to move defensively. Like pairing that with Giannis would be extremely useful. Um, so again, as I've said, I don't know how many times the platonic ideal of Thon is very useful in Milwaukee and very useful with Giannis. So if he does flash something like that, like as bad as this may sound, 
Um, and people may say, well, you got to sell when the value's high. Like, I might stick. <laughs> I might hope that that 5% chance of him being uh, a super rotation player for the Bucks in the future, like, I think I, you almost have to stick and hope that that is actually the case rather than trading away. So I, I can't imagine that they're going to cut bait at any point with Thon. Justin Cape asked Giannis fanboy question. If the season ended today, what awards would you see Giannis earning? I.e. first team NBA, second team defense. Also, after Giannis, does anyone else deserve an award? For instance, defensive honor for Bledsoe because of his steals. I, I don't know. I mean, this we, we'd have to probably do a little more research to really give you a, a very good answer to this question. But I mean, I would say at this point, I think Giannis has done enough to be first team all NBA. I mean, again, for me, it's really just a question of can he beat out Durant for the first team spot, you know, and Durant's numbers are again, fantastic. His, you know, some of his raw numbers are just lower because they just don't really need him to be everything that Giannis is. But, you know, also you you look at some of the advanced numbers on Giannis. I mean, you know, like Giannis has a, has a better RPM than, than Kevin Durant as well. I mean, it's not like um, we're talking about Giannis just scoring more and doing everything else worse. Um, I, I think there's a good argument to be made for, for Giannis being the first team all NBA um, forward along with the, with uh, LeBron. And I think the only question, probably the deciding factor for a lot of this is going to be, you know, do the Bucks end the season winning enough games that people feel like, he deserves it for that reason, right? Like if the Bucks win 43 games and kind of like our wah-wah sad trombone going into the playoffs, then I think that matters for it, you know, how people are going to perceive him in this voting. Um, if they go out and, you know, really feel like they're going into the playoffs on a high note and they're the four seed, then I think he's got a great chance to be the first team all NBA, you know, forward with LeBron. I mean, I think it's going to, like you said, it's going to come down to him and Durant. And looking at last year's voting, uh, Durant gets three first-team votes, but they were both second-team last year. The first-team forwards were LeBron and Kawhi last year. Um, But looking at voting from last year, Durant got three first-place votes, Giannis got zero. Durant got 66 second-team votes, Giannis got 81 and then Durant got 26 third-team votes, and Giannis got 15. Um, so he he finished above, like with looking at the point totals and kind of how it's all calculated. Um, he had 258 MVP vote points, however they tabulated. Uh, Durant had 239. So Giannis was above him last year. And I I would say you've seen Giannis take an even bigger step this year. And if there were those questions about Durant and Golden State last year, I would almost think that he goes to first-team All-NBA. Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing with last year was Durant missed more games last year. Yep. Um, And so that was probably... I I think of Durant, um, last year he played 62 games, so he missed 20 games. So I think if Durant had played 75 games, I think, you know, he's clearly... You know, I think last year he would have clearly been ahead of Giannis. Um, I think this year, though, um, I think Giannis has a good chance. I don't know. Um, Nothing would surprise me just because, again, I think a lot of people understand that, you know, Durant still plays at a super high level. And, you know, but again, if I mean, if 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 the Warriors are second in the West, for instance, and Durant, you know, has an awesome season, but like his numbers aren't as good as Giannis's, I mean, why should he be the first team? You know, like why, why, yeah. why, why give him that just because 
you know, if he was on uh, a theoretical other team, he would have put up bigger numbers, right? I mean, it's it's ultimately got to be on your your track record. So, and, um, and I just I was just gonna say, I think about two like the All Star voting. Like Giannis yeah. was second in all of those votings to LeBron. Like he was above Durant, and this is a media voting award, and he finished better than Durant in those. In those categories so again that was only to the all-star break or I, excuse me that was only like the first 40 games whatever but at the same time like he already beat him in that form of voting with the media i wouldn't be shocked if he does it again all nba defense is interesting because i think last year um there was a good argument to be made for Giannis screwed paul Millsap out of a spot this year um Giannis uh, doesn't have to worry about that because paul Millsap's been hurt most of the year um the the interesting thing is Kawhi Leonard has also been hurt most of the year. So Kawhi is out. Um, I mean, to remind people, the first two teams last year were Kawhi, Draymond, Rudy Gobert, Pat Beverly, Chris Paul. Um, so already there, Kawhi's not going to make it. Beverly's not going to make it. Um, I don't think Chris Paul's going to make it at this point. Um, and the second team was Tony Allen, who is not going to make it. Uh, Danny Green and Andre Robertson, who's probably going to miss, you know, again, uh, he will have missed probably like 40% of the season, I guess, 30, 40% of the season. So I don't think he'll make it. Um, Anthony Davis and Giannis. So I think Giannis is almost, I mean, he's kind of a lock to make one of those two teams this year um, just because so many of these guys have fallen out. I think Durant has made a good case, you know, blocking nearly two yep. shots a game um, for one of those two, uh, for one of the forward spots in either the first or second team. Um, so I think that's the interesting question. Like I, I think Gobert and Draymond, Again, I don't know how many games Gobert's missed this year, but I would assume Draymond and Gobert are, you know, kind of locks to make the first team. Um, so it basically leaves you one more forward spot. And then, you know, who are the two guards would be an obvious question. Um, and so I think, you know, again, with one one forward spot and then, you know, on the second team, again, you know, Tony Allen, Andre Robertson, they're not making the team. Anthony Davis certainly could make the team. Um, but there are a bunch of, you know, I think, open spots, you know, normally all defensive. There's a lot of kind of carryover from year to year. Um, I think Paul George will make one of those, one of the wing spots this year. Maybe he takes Robertson's spot. Um, but I think Giannis has probably a pretty solid chance to to snag maybe Kawhi's first team spot. Um, but I wouldn't also be surprised if Durant, you know, again, like recurring theme, Kevin Durant being his main rival, um, if Durant snagged that first team spot, especially because, you know, as awesome as Giannis has been defensively, I mean, you know, again, there's not a lot of science in the way people vote for this. The Warriors have a way better defense than the Bucks do. And so as good as Giannis is and as much as the Bucks defense is in no way really Giannis's fault. Um, you know, it's uh, it's easy to just say, well, we'll give it to Durant. Yeah, um, I don't know if I have a strong opinion if he should be first or second team. Um, I feel confident that he'll be on an all-defensive team just because these are legacy awards, essentially. Like, once you win one, your name goes to the top of the list, whether you deserve it or not. Um, and... I mean, looking at Giannis, uh, steals and blocks are down from last season. Uh, or yeah, um, 1.4 steals per game, uh, 1.3 blocks per game uh, for Giannis this year. Um, rebounding up, though. Rebounding is up. Rebounding is up, but I think his case for being on one of the all-defensive teams is perfectly fine i don't think you could really argue him taking him out um i just don't know if he'll be able to go over the top of durant just because i mean durant might uh, there's always been this conversation like is he defensive player of the year uh, 
uh, it, it'll be interesting um, whether or not he takes it. And I guess it's going to be, I mean, it's just kind of funny that already in year five for Giannis, he is like, it's him and Kevin Durant and LeBron James for awards. Like that's, those are, <laughs> those are his peers, his contemporaries at this very moment. Like that's an insane thing to say in year five for a 23 year old. Really weird thing about um, looking at RPM stats. Obviously there's, it's hard to really capture defense in the same way we capture offense statistically. Um, but it's interesting. Giannis um, I think is fifth among all power forwards in terms of defensive RPM or no, I'm sorry. Uh, well, he's first in, in total RPM. Um, he is a sixth in terms of defensive RPM. He's actually right ahead of Draymond. Really interestingly, Kevin Durant has a negative defensive RPM this year, which is pretty <laughs> shocking, but I guess could make sense in the context of, you know, again, RPM has to sort of parse like who gets credit for, um, for like, you know, the de- the team's success in, in a lot of ways. Yep. Um, and it's interesting. David West has a plus 4.56 defensive RPM. He's actually, he's categorized as a, as a power forward in, in ESPN's rankings, which I don't think he is. But um, even if you put him as a center, Rudy Gobert is 4.45. So David West might be the weirdest single outlier in terms of RPM. And that may also be basically him getting credit for the Warriors. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't, I'd have to think about the rotations. I mean, I know, um, you know, he's not, he's not like a swap for Durant per se, but it is interesting that Durant is negative and, and uh, West is positive in spite of the fact that, I mean, Durant's blocking a bunch of shots and, you know, does some stuff statistically that, you know, does show up in the box score. So anyway, um, just a random, random note on that. Um, also no bucks, other bucks no. deserve awards other than Sterling Brown for player hater of the year. Yes. Yes. Sil- Silky Johnson. Was that, <laughs> yes. was, was that the Dave Chappelle show? Yes, it was. Yes. Um, it was. Yes. um Kyle Carr, our brew hoop friend asked with the schedule getting tougher, how do you think will Milwaukee will fare in the next 10 games? Should we bring up the schedule? So people, we can do it. We will go. Do you want to go game by game uh, and discuss each of those, or do you want me to give you all 10 and then you tell me how many? Let's give them all 10 and then we'll say how many. At Raptors, at home versus the Pelicans, home versus the Wizards, at Detroit, home Pacers, home Sixers, at Pacers, home Rockets, home Knicks, and that is, and then at Grizzlies. Okay. That, so that's those 10, are right? your 10. Yes. Okay, so I'll say loss of the Raptors. I'll say you take both the Pelicans and Wizards to balance it out. Let's say you split the Pistons and Pacers games. Um, I'll say you split the Sixers and Pacers games that follow up that. Um, so what are we at? 0-1, 2-1, and then I think 4-3, and and then um, let's see. That puts me at Five the Rockets. And, yeah. Um, so if they, if I say they lose to the Rockets, beat the Knicks, and let's give them the benefit of the doubt and say they beat the Grizzlies, what does that put them at? Does that put them at like six, six and four? Six and four, or? I think. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess that's what I'm saying then. Six and four. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fine. Um, I think the Raptors in Toronto is a loss. Yeah. Uh, I think I feel confident about that one. I think home what about against... The, what, but you're not factoring the Thonmaker Toronto game, oh so. man i did not i didn't even think about that um home versus the rockets is a loss and then uh, i i mean i think 
Grizzlies, Knicks should both be wins. And then you're kind of narrowing that down to Pelicans, Wizards at Detroit, Pacers, Sixers at Indiana. Uh, I think that 4-2 and two in that stretch, um, I don't know if it's realistic, optimistic, pessimistic, but it seems realistic to me. Um, I think that would kind of be... Four and two, I think, is is okay there. Maybe a little bit on the optimistic side, um, but yeah, I think six and four in the next ten is fair. And it's kind of interesting. Um, it's really the first the first eight games are what's tough for the Bucks, and then once you get to that Rockets game, you go home Knicks at Grizzlies at Magic home Hawks. Like those those are four games that if those first eight games go particularly rough, that, I mean, you should hope that you can get right against those four teams. Like the Grizzlies, Magic, Hawks, uh, and Knicks are all teams that are going to be hanging out on tankathon.com. Like the fans of their teams are going to be hanging out there trying to figure out where they are in the draft lottery. So um, should be interesting. For sure. Um, next question, uh, Derek Ledoux asked, uh, who do you think will win the East? Do the Bucks have a chance, as some pundits, Nick Wright of Fox Sports, have suggested? Uh, the Bucks do not have a chance. Um, I, I don't know. I feel like every year, like these random talking head guys, like randomly think the Bucks are better than they are. Like Charles Barkley usually is one of those guys. Man, as well. Chuck's like the Bucks since MCW is here. Like yeah. he, he, for some reason, he thinks that. I guess because they don't shoot threes, really. Um, yeah, gotta love that, that right? If you're that's always. I mean, that's playoff basketball, right? Like, yeah. not not a jump-shooting team, so they must be good. Um, but, yeah, uh, who do you think will win the – I think the Cavs. Um, until I'm proven wrong there, the Cavs will be my selection. I don't even think this is a particularly good Cavs team. Um, but the Raptors have to prove it to me, and the Celtics have to prove it to me. So, with that being said, I, I will go with the Cavs. Um, do the Bucks have a chance? No. I, I would agree with you on both fronts. Um, if – the if not the Cavs, do you think it would be either Toronto or or Boston? Which of those teams do you like better? Man, I really like what the Raptors have done this year. Like, I just think they're playing a better brand of basketball. I'm a, a Kyle Lowry fan, even though he tends to disappear come playoff time. Um, I just I, I like that team, and I, I guess the problem with both the Raptors and Celtics is that they're deep, and in the playoffs, depth like depth is a thing that helps you rack up regular season wins and helps you get through injuries and tougher times. But once you get to the playoffs, like it's your best eight and maybe your best seven on some nights, um, and typically that will go to a more hop t- uh, top heavy team. So I think I go Raptors. Um, but I'm interested to see with both those teams in, in the playoffs. Like, what do you got? Yeah, I would, I, I would, I, I, I want to like the, I mean, if I didn't know anything about these last few years of playoffs, I would also say rap. I would definitely right. say Raptors. Um, I don't know. I just figure at some point they're going to get over the schneid or get over the, you know, get over the hump here, get off the schneid. Um, and, and again, I mean, with, with the Celtics, I mean, their offense just, offense has not been good really all season or not been above average all season. And the defense has really kind of cratered um, to a large extent of late. Um, and again, I, I just think, man, I don't know. Um, I, I just, I, I'm rooting against the Celtics for sure. Um, so maybe I'll just go with that <laughs> since my, cause I want them to, to, to not be the, the second best team in the East either. Um, Will Cooper asked, 
the Bucks have struggled against Eastern Conference playoff hopefuls from top to bottom. What matchup seems most favorable at this point? For example, would a series against Washington be more favorable than Miami despite the records? Shout out to Matilda. Thank you, Will, for shouting out my newborn daughter, Matilda. Um, I, you know, I'm looking at the East standings, and if I was going to pick a team in the top eight for the Bucks to play against, I think I might pick the Wizards, to be honest. Um, Ooh, I, again, want, I want the Pacers. Yeah, I mean, the Pacers, I think, objectively should be the worst team. Um, but, man, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, like, over-indexing on that whipping they gave the Bucks, uh in Indiana last time. But I, I would say I would, uh, yeah, I would say one of those two teams, I think, I would I would most want to play. Um, you know, again, I don't think neither of those teams' coaches, Scott Brooks or Nate McMillan, scare me in a playoff series. Nope. Um, neither of them, talent-wise, really blow me away. You know, Victor Oladipo's had a great season. Beal and Wall obviously can can really do good things when they're when they're on their game. But you know, Giannis is clearly better than anybody they have. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think either of those teams would probably be my preference. Um, will be fun to see the Bucks get some more reps against both those teams here uh, coming out of the All Star break, just because hopefully, hopefully they look better against the Pacers than they have. I mean, the Pacers are a great example. Like, I mean, come on, Bucks, you're going to be worse than the Pacers this year. What the hell is that all about? Um, yeah. But yeah, and Miami's weird because, like, again, like Miami just—I mean, I don't want—I depth- want nothing to do with. I just, I, yeah, that's the thing. I just don't want anything to do with Spolstra um, and that group of like you know guys that seem to defend Giannis. Well, I, I don't know. They should be able to. Be and they them, added but- Bam Adebayo to it, and like, and Adebayo's like big and physical and quick, and yeah, I don't want anything to do with the Heat. Um, if I had a rank, um, are we are we saying the Pistons aren't going to catch anyone? Like, are we feeling confident that the eight from the east are the eight from the east right now? Yeah, I don't. I don't think the Pistons. I mean, the Pistons had a really favorable schedule after the Blake trade, and they won those some games, and then they've lost games since then. I just, I don't know. They, I mean, Ish Smith is their point, their point guard for now. Like, I don't great. know. I just, I don't. Sh- shout out to Jameer Nelson. I just don't think that team has has the horses. Okay. Well, then. I mean, one, it would be like unrealistic for the Bucks to get to the one seed, so they wouldn't have a chance to play them anyways. But if I'm ranking those other seven, I go Pacers one, Wizards two, Sixers three, Heat four, Cavs, ugh, Toronto five, Celtics six, Cavs seven. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I I would say, man, I, I don't know if I'd rank the Sixers differently than you did, but I really don't want to play the Sixers. Same. Embiid playoff Embiid scares me. I mean, maybe he'll have like blown up, like physically spontaneously combusted by then. But I, I don't know. They they kind of scare me. But anyway, let's move on to um, Jason uh, Shooty. We just answered your question. Shitty. We didn't even Jason, try to do that. Yeah, yeah. He, Jason asked, "What your best worst matchup for playoffs as we approach the final months would be?" Um, so Jason, I just um, we, I think we answered your question. I had a chance to mispronounce your name, so apologies. Um, <laughs> Douglas name. Any relation? That'd be my brother. Okay. Shout out to family. What's up? Does he go by Doug? Uh, yes. More. I mean, maybe he doesn't with like, maybe since we're family, I I'm, he's Doug to me, but maybe he's Douglas to other people, but yes, Doug. Okay. Uh, Dougie name asks, who is the Bucks biggest rival? Oh man. Um, I have no idea. Is it the Bulls? I mean, like, there's the proximity. Historically, thing. I would say the Bulls. Like last year, I would have said the Bulls for sure because the Bulls were still, you know, like yeah. in not not that different a spot playoff wise and all that. Um, I kind of want to say the Sixers now. 
with yeah, like the, I, with the jabs Lazary is taken with MB just kind of well, being it was, it was Eden's, Eden's oh, took the, yeah Eden's taking the what is it we care about completely results, unnecessary yeah not the results. process yeah um yeah whatever that comment was um that shot I think does something and then I think just kind of the idea that they're in a similar spot where uh, a bunch of Sixers fans are going to yell that Embiid is more valuable or more unicorny or more transcendent than Giannis and Bucks fans are going to laugh at it and say that's ridiculous. Um, so I almost want to say the Sixers right now. That's a good one. I think long term, I think that's a great one. Um, and I think, you know, there's a, a traveling group of Sixer fans that are going to be in town for the next Sixers game, I think. Yep. Um, and they're going to be really loud. And it's going to be it's going to be annoying if you're a Bucks fan. Um, I know they were planning <laughs> to boo Malcolm Brogdon at every touch, but he's going to be hurt. So that won't happen um, because they're really bitter about Embiid losing rookie of the year to him because they're weird um but uh but yeah i think that will i think that will set things up pretty nicely i think for for the bucks sixers rivalry moving forward so um so we'll see and i think that's that's it we did it frank we did it um if you did send in a question late or we just missed it apologies okay nope i'm gonna do it i'm sorry i know you need to go um friend of the pod dan schaefer what do you think about calling chris jabari and bloods of the little three is there a, I mean, other than just a joke about diminutive relative to the old big three, is there any other joke there I'm missing or is nope, that just, that's the joke. That's it. <laughs> and then, uh, which of the remaining 25 games on the schedule do you have circled? Um, I don't know that I have any circled because they don't play the heat, which are games that terrify me. And I want to see Giannis do better in those. Um, I, uh, the Sixers games. Oh yeah. I, if, if you told me that, I could pick any games for the Bucks to win. I mean, I should pick like the most, <laughs> I should pick the most difficult games, right? Because, you know, if you can lock in difficult wins, that's obviously the most advantageous, but emotionally, um, you my want friend, those Sixers wins. And emotionally, my friend, Michael Vin of the rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, former uh, managing editor of the Liberty ballers site. Uh, I love Mike, but, um, he's going to be in this group that's coming to, uh, I think it's called bust the process that they're going to, um, Chicago and Milwaukee for the weekend to watch these two games. Uh, yeah, it's going to be really obnoxious. Um, I, I hope Bucks fans know this is coming because I'm sure it's going to shock a lot of Bucks fans who have no idea what's what's going on when there's just like a massively loud group of like 150 or however many Sixer fans are going to be. But it would I really saw- mean a lot to me, especially after Embiid last year, like trash talking on Instagram, you know, like uh, I, I really want to see the Bucks beat the Sixers. Yeah, especially in these home games. When they when they first announced it, someone tweeted to me and was like, "Can you get the word out to Bucks fans to stop this?" And I'm like, "I don't think you stop the rights to Ricky Sanchez people. Like, no, they're they're lunatics. They're gonna like, be there. It's just they're gonna gotta, be there. You gotta be you loud. You have yeah. to deal with it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's coming up. Uh, on Sunday, March 4th, that is a 7 p.m. tip. Uh, so Bucks fans, if you don't have tickets ready, get tickets and um. Be ready, because it's going to happen. So that's it. Thanks for sending in the questions. We always appreciate it. We always have a good time with this. Uh, So thank you very much for sending in the questions. That is going to be it for us for this mailbag. I don't even know if we'll use this outro at any point, because we may have to record something else, because we're going to split this into a million different podcasts. So I'll talk to you later. That was Frank. I'm Eric. See you later.